0: This episode is part two of last week's pod, where I continue to look at how to improve your horse's movement. We'll look at some often missed root causes for unhealthy biomechanics and the most important conversations you need to have with your horse and able to be able to improve how your horse moves. So here we go. Episode 136, Improve Your Horse's Movement, part two. I'm Karen Rolf, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. This episode and the last one mirror a laser training video series that I released this month. And you can find that at dressagenaturally.net slash laser. Now, if you're listening to this episode months after its original release, there's no guarantee that that page will actually still be active. But in the last episode, we talked about choosing our adjectives. So we looked at our horse now and we chose the adjectives that we'll use to describe our horse and how they move now. And then we also chose the adjectives that we would like to be able to use to describe how our horse moves. We also talked about the difference between healthy and unhealthy ways of moving. And when it came to the unhealthy ways, we looked at the difference between active and inactive unhealthy biomechanics, which is basically the inactive is sort of the horse that's kind of plopping around being unathletic. And the active unhealthy biomechanics is when there's like active anxiety, active contraction, active conflict (laughs) between the horse and the rider. Things are sort of actively going wrong. And we talked about uh, a very important point, which is that it can change. So a lot of times when we look at our horses, it's easy to go, oh, that horse is unathletic, or this horse is really flat. This horse is really tense. Uh, But, you know, maybe so in the moment, but it can change. It can change quite dramatically, actually. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about an important root cause for unhealthy biomechanics. And we will talk about how to actually start improving the way your horse moves. And all of these ideas are really super simple concepts. And that's why I called it a laser uh, video training series, because I tempted myself to find the most simple concepts and explain them in the most simple way, because, like many things that are simple or seemingly obvious, those things are often overlooked. So we don't want to overlook them. They're actually really important. So after we've assessed our horse and we know what we're seeing and where we want to go, and we've kind of um, been able to assess, you know, are they moving in a healthy way or in an unhealthy way? And more importantly, like, when when are they moving in those different ways? Because they don't always move the same way, right? On a nice cool morning, they're going to maybe move differently than on a really hot day, or they might move differently under saddle than they do out in the pasture. So we looked at when our horses are moving in these different ways. Now I want you to think about why. <laughs> so in those moments where they're not moving in the most healthy way or when they're moving closer to the picture for unhealthy biomechanics, I want you to start thinking about why. And, you know, I know it's like, I don't know, Karen, that's why I'm listening to this podcast. So here are the things you want to look at, because the most commonly overlooked factor is trust, communication and motivation as a root cause. So we need to start with trust communication, and motivation because fear, confusion, feelings of helplessness and boredom actively work against the posture we're trying to create. Dressage problems are not always dressage problems and strong aids and force simply don't work on a horse who is bored or scared or confused. But too often people only address the symptom that unhealthy biomechanics, instead of the cause. And sometimes a physical issue is a physical issue. But if you don't rule out or address trust, communication, or motivation, you won't ever really break the cycle of unhealthy movement. Even inside the Finding the Sweet Spot of Healthy Biomechanics course, we spend the first two modules really looking at foundational communication and partnership and trust, because it's that important. So when you start thinking about this, you know, observe your horse and just ask yourself, why did it now, why did it change? Like, why did they go from prancing in the field and then in the arena, they're all flat? Like why is that a motivation issue or is it a communication issue or is it a trust issue? And I want you to take just your best guess, just kind of feel into it and which one of those pops into your head the quickest. And then of course we can talk about it and how to figure out, but um, you can think of trust is anything to do with fear. So, and that can be, you know, from you or your horse, right? So if there's fear anywhere, between the two of you or in one of you, it's gonna affect the whole relationship and then it's gonna affect how your horse moves. Now, fear can sometimes, or trust issues can sometimes look like balkiness or they could look checked out. They could get rigid as they get defensive. They could be anxious and prancing. They could be like running away. So it can be a little bit tricky because they could either be getting really hectic or they could be getting really rigid (laughs) and frozen. So I want you to feel into it and see what your gut tells you. Now, a communication issue is something around confusion, right? They don't understand. You ask them to do something, And they didn't do it (laughs) so it might be that they didn't really understand what you said in the first place now when there's a communication issue horses can appear checked out other ones will get anxious and kind of the overachieving anxiousness right there's some like real people pleasers and when they don't know the answer they start throwing everything at you how about this how about this how about this (laughs) like i don't know what you're asking but i'll just throw everything out there and see if you like any of it So, but a lot of times the communication is just a confusion. They, they didn't quite do the thing that you thought you asked for. And if it's a motivation issue, that's when your horse understands, but they still don't do it. Or they're putting in a minimal effort. And now this is where it gets tricky also, because sometimes horses put in a minimal effort because of lack of understanding. Right? So sometimes... I get the feeling from horses that they, they think, well, I think this is what she wants, so I'll sort of do it. And then if they think, well, I didn't get rewarded, but I didn't get punished, so I'll just kind of hedge my bets and kind of do this thing, right? So that could be um, a lack of understanding. They weren't really sure but it could be interpreted as a motivation issue. Ah, he's just being lazy. Well, maybe, <laughs> but maybe he doesn't understand. So this is where, you know, it, it, there's three totally separate issues, but the they often as they manifest, it can, they can overlap and that one can run into the other. You could imagine also that a uh, lack of communication can turn into a trust issue. If you're always confusing your horse and they never get the answer right, they will start to lose trust in you as a leader and the situation. So some of these will feed into the other ones of them. Some of them is, you know, it's a trust issue, but the root cause is actually communication or vice versa. So this is, you could spend a lot. Li- well, we do spend our lives times trying to figure this stuff out if we're thinking of it. So the first thing is to make sure that even if you have, um, a focus of improving how your horse moves and their biomechanics and their posture, you still need to make sure you're asking yourself this question, especially if your horse's biomechanics suddenly changed, right? Did it change because of a trust issue, a communication issue or a motivation issue? And so this is going to be, you know, your grand homework is trying to figure out, how do you tell with your particular horse? Because like I said, we can, some of the symptoms are the same, you know, some horses get bulky when they're out of trust. Some horses get balky when they're confused and some horses get balky when they're not motivated. So what's showing up, um, it's not a direct, well, you know, always, if the horse does this, it's always a that. So you're going to have to get to know your horse. So really be looking all the time of when what does your horse look like when they start to feel fear you'll notice it you know i think it's easier to talk about in the specifics when something just happened than to do a dissertation on horses in in general right i mean there's some signs you know obvious signs that you can see you know horses like head is straight up and their eyes are bugging out you know probably feeling some fear but um, it's the subtle versions that I think are the, the ones that become really important, right? Everybody knows if your horse spins and spooks, but it's the horse that has subtle chronic trust issues and never does anything too bad, but it's still a trust issue. So start to notice when, you know, on the scale of trust or fear, when do things slide up the scale and when do they slide down the scale? Can you tell the difference of going from, you know, a five to a six (laughs) as far as trust or fear, however you want to think about it. And the same thing with communication. Now, those of you who've uh, followed my stuff or in the video classroom or other courses, uh, you know, I do what I call my silly horse tricks. And that word silly is in quotes because I don't think they're silly. They're actually very powerful. You know, very simple things often using positive reinforcement, but that's not necessarily, but things like touch your nose onto this thing or put your foot in the bucket, things like that, that could be called tricks. But where they're helpful for me is to identify my horse's learning process, because there are things that your horse can learn that are very distinct. Your horse knows when they got it right you know, when they got it right, there's not a shadow of a doubt, right? The foot's either in the bucket or it's not in the bucket. (laughs) There's no confusion there. And so in the process of learning something like that, you'll probably see your horse have moments of, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. And then you'll see the moment where they go, I totally know what I have to do. And I totally know when I got it right. And that look on their face when you see the feeling of, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, and I know that I got it 100% right is priceless because now you know what your horse looks like when they're confused, when they're learning, and when they totally know that they've nailed it and there's no communication problems. So I find playing with my horses with those little tricks Um, really helped me help me in my training process with them when things do get more vague and more physically demanding and more complicated, like more cadence in the half pass. So think about how are you going to tell, how do you know with your horse when there's clarity with communication and when there's an issue of communication and then same thing with motivation. So motivation uh, the One of the ways you can tell if it's a motivation issue is if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they actually do understand what you're asking them to do. And you absolutely do know that they're not in a state of fear at the moment. I think we've all experienced that. There's some things that we totally understand how to do it. We're able to do it, but if we're in a moment of fear or anxiety, we still can't do it <laughs> like we, it just doesn't work. Like we're fumbling, we're uncoordinated or we're frozen or tense or for whatever reason, or our brain, we're distracted. And and the stuff that we normally can do, we're simply not able to do, right? So when you, when we're afraid. So if you wanna test the communication, your horse has to be in a calm moment. And so if you if you're in a calm moment, and you've already proven to yourself that you absolutely know your horse totally understands this communication you're giving them, and they're still not doing it, then you can think, well, this has got to be a motivation issue then, right? Because there's no other reason. A lot of times people will, by default, see it as a motivation issue, but then think the answer is always, you know, come on, you lazy horse, you know, you have to do it because I said so. <laughs> and that's not really a motivation, stra- motivational strategy. That's just a, a control strategy. When I do this, you have to do that and you're going to do it. So motivation is the art of trying to figure out how to cause that horse to eagerly offer it when given the chance. And, you know, that's, there's an art to it. <laughs> it's, it takes practice. So, but you don't wanna um, judge whether or not it's a motivation issue unless you're sure that they do understand it and you're sure that they're calm. So that will um, make things maybe a little bit easier. Uh, the, The thing that always has to jump as number one thing to ask is, is there trust? If there's fear in the air from you being afraid of the situation or the environment or your horse, or your horse is afraid of, you or the situation or the environment, like everything else is going to go out the window. You've got to solve that first. And so to solve things like trust issues, you've got to be trustworthy. You've got to be patient and calm and be a clear leader. You've got to be able to see things from their perspective and commit to proving to them that they're safe in ways that they understand and Although some trust issues are very specific and distinct, like, oh, I don't trust that corner of the arena. You know, I don't trust that thing over there. A lot of times trust is really about your daily habits. It's about consistency. It's about who you are and all the little decisions you make throughout your day as your horse slides up and down the scale of how okay they are and what you're doing about it so that when something big comes along, you've got some... You know, relationship in the bank account. right? So really think about your daily habits, your daily relationship with your horse, uh, habits for excellent horsemanship courses, where I really talk a lot about that. Um, and th- And so you know that's really the the deep, long term. There's no quick technique <laughs> for that. I mean, there's definitely techniques, but there's no quick fix. It's kind of who you are and how you make your decisions. For communication, I mean, I've got lots of resources on communication. Um, Excellent communication helps you be a trustworthy leader, right? So when when your horse needs you, you're able to talk to them. But, you know, excellent communication to me sounds like, hey, horse, and they're like, yes. And then you say, would you do this thing? And they say, sure, is this enough like this? And then you say, yes, thank you. (laughs) So anything other than a conversation that sounds like that, has room to improve in the communication department. And with motivation, it's really about thinking, why should he? Why should your horse do whatever it is that you're asking them to do? If your horse doesn't do what you ask, he's either he either doesn't understand, so it's a communication issue, or he doesn't like what you're offering. He doesn't like what you're paying him to do it. He doesn't see the benefit, doesn't feel like fun. So find more ways to reward your horse and reinforce the behavior and find maybe different circumstances where it's a more inspiring um, area to go do whatever it is you're trying to do. Sometimes the best way to improve your horse's dressage is to get him out of the dressage arena. Do it going down the trail. Find the easiest moment to do the thing that you would like him to do. And bottom line, teach your horse that the harder he tries, the sooner he gets whatever it is he wants, <laughs> whether it's rest or cookies or, you know, to go jump that jump over there and gallop up that hill, whatever it is, what does he like? And what does he like so much that he's willing to work and do something to get it? All right, so that's that's just a little bit of some hints to get you going. I think there's a lot there in just the noticing. So I know I gave you some hints about what, how to s- identify it maybe where to look to start to solve it. But I really think the power is in the sim- the simplicity of noticing and asking yourself, what is it? I wonder what it is in this moment, huh? That's so weird. My horse just suddenly got really springy. Like, why did that, why, why today are they springy? oh yeah, I'm out on the trail and they're really happy, you know? Or yeah, I was really sitting in the middle today and so my aids were much clearer, or whatever it is. I really had a picture in my mind today. I really had a plan. So pay attention and when things change, either for the positive or for the negative, ask yourself, was it trust, communication, motivation? What just changed? Okay, now let's talk about the circumstance where your horse does trust you and you have a bunch of communications in place and you know how to get your horse to go, Hey, what are we doing today? Let's do it. All right. So he's motivated. Now you can start thinking about, let's see if we can actively improve our horse's biomechanics. So when I'm starting young horses or working with hor- new horses, that's exactly what I do. I don't jump right into changing their bodies. I'll go through exactly the process I went through with you. In my mind, some horses, that process takes you know some time and sometimes it's really quick. It's like in five minutes, I can kind of zip through that and kind of assess and know where I am and check things off and go, okay maybe I'm ready to go. Okay. It is time to change their bodies. It is time to change how they move because there's no big red flags anywhere else. And so that's where we need to go. Okay. Now, now, how are we going to do that? Like, what do we do? Do we start half halting and putting on our spurs and driving and holding and, you know, moving the bit back and forth, (laughs) you know, no. So this is something that I've talked about a lot on this podcast. It's in my book. It's in everything I do. And that's finding the sweet spot of healthy biomechanics. And the, in a nutshell, it's about being really good at talking to your horse about three key conversations. And that's the conversation about relaxation, energy, and balance. Because if you've got a happy camper little horse and now you want to change how they move, those are the dials you're going to be turning. You either going to need to tell them to calm down a little bit. If they're getting hyped up, you're going to have a gas pedal where you might need to raise the energy or lower, lower the energy, and you're going to need to shift their balance. You're going to need to ask them to move their shoulders a little right or left, their whole body right or left, or just their haunches right or left. And you might ask them to want to come up and back and carry more weight on their hind end, or you might invite them to stretch down and let go a little bit of that collection. So the three conversations you're going to need are relaxation, energy, and balance. But the other key part of finding the sweet spot of healthy biomechanics is not that we go, okay, they need this much energy, this much relaxation and this much balance. And now I'm going to put them there. No, (laughs) it's not about putting the horse in a perfect shape. Trying to do that usually leads to tension and paralyzing (laughs) self-criticism. So the key is to have a playfulness. It's going to work better than perfectionism. It's about finding that sweet spot. It's a movement dynamic based on this certain combination of relaxation, energy, and balance. For each horse, on each day, in each movement, there's a certain combination. And when you get in that, what I call the sweet spot of relaxation, energy, and balance, it will feel like your horse is saying, oh, I can move more freely here. I can move more fill in the blank here. And it feels amazing. And you're going to be saying, and I'm not doing anything to get it or to keep it. So the, the idea is that the sweet spot of healthy biomechanics feels good to the horse because aligned will feel better than crooked, right? And freedom feels better than constriction. Now I know sometimes people are thinking, yeah, but if you're used to being crooked and then someone puts you straight, it will feel weird. It actually won't feel good. And I get that, but it will operate better. So here's the difference between trying to make the perfect half halt to get your horse in the perfect shape versus playing with your horse in a way that you have curiosity and you think to yourself, I wonder, I wonder what energy level is the best for this horse on this day in this moment. I wonder what body part is out of alignment, you know, because horses are complicated. It's sometimes it's not just the left shoulder sticking over to the left. Well, why? Maybe it's because the hind end is doing something weird. Or maybe it's because the rib cage is stuck in a position or the neck is pointing in a weird way. So no matter how much experience you have, you're gonna play with this and you're gonna play with different levels of energy. And you're gonna play with different um, different uh, balance shifts, not to hold them there, but just to say, hey, could you move your shoulder over here for a moment? And then you let it go. And so if you imagine, we'll think about uh, alignment first, the balance. If your horse is crooked with their shoulders over to the left, more to the left than any other body part that's where they're normal that's familiar that sort of feels quote unquote good because it feels where they're used to being that's keep that's where they go (laughs) if you let them go there and then if i took that horse with the shoulders crooked to the left and i made them perfectly straight then perfectly straight would feel weird to them and they'd say that feels weird I need to get back where my shoulders are over to the left and they're going to start trying harder to get over there. But contrast that with this idea. Your horse has their shoulders a little to the left. You actually play with that you go, let me really understand that. And maybe you ask them to move a little more to the left with their shoulders, just so you can become more aware of it. And then you try to recreate the opposite of that. Can I mirror image that and go past midline, past aligned and go all the way to their shoulders or more to the right than any other of their body parts, knowing that that's going to be really hard and awkward and challenging for your horse to get there. So you do it with great patience. You do it like the best yoga teacher on the planet. And you don't ask them to hold it there you just say could you go there would you go there thank you so much for trying to go there and you release it and when you release it here's what's going to happen they're going to go right back to their normal crookedness and you let them do it and then you go with it there you join them there and then you say and now could you would you just Give this a try. I'll make it easy. I'll go all the way to the walk or the halt if you have to do it. And I'm going to move your shoulders all the way past midline, overshoot the target. I'm going to play with them over on this other side, gently with, with patience and compassion. (laughs) And then I'm going to release it. And if you do it in this way, that's very friendly and playful and with curiosity, what ends up happening is your horse is passing through a more aligned place. So they now have choices. They have a choice between their familiar crooked and then they pass through aligned on their way to the opposite of that. And then they also pass through it on the way when you release them from that on their way back to their crookedness. And so when they're moving, they get to get feedback. And at some point, even though their old crookedness feels familiar, they're going to start noticing that they actually move more freely in this somewhere in the middle between the two. And this is the real magic of this protocol. Now there's, there's some psychology and timing of when you give the break and how you do this. And we do this for energy, you know, and the relaxation also. But there's this playfulness that happens where you allow the horse some possibilities of movement and you let them choose. And it's, uh, I never get tired of feeling this feeling of the horse on their way back to their normal crookedness. They hesitate a minute and they go, can I just stay here? Cause I can move more freely here. And that's the moment they blow out. And that's the moment they stretch that's the moment they get more springy and more free and calmer and everything. It feels like the sweet spot. And in that moment, when I ask the writer, what are you doing now? They're like, I'm not doing anything because the work was to, to tempt them to do this opposite movement. And as soon as they give it a try, you go to neutral, you release and let them do whatever they want. So in that moment that they hook on to that alignment because they feel it in their body. They go, I'd like to stay here because it feels better. I can move more freely. That's a moment of release from the rider. So it's a silly little concept, but oh my gosh, this is everything. This is so much the heart of the protocol that we do in dressage naturally, because it's a, proven method for creating alignment and balance the most basic kind where you, the top line starts to let go and you start to set up this dynamic that's so positive but it's also built into it is the idea that you're listening to your horse you're giving them some credit <laughs> you know it's like can, can you try this thank you now go where you want and it changes the whole relationship. So it's based on a relationship and a partnership. And it also improves the relationship because now your aids, your requests, cause them to find a place that they feel even better than when they started. So pretty cool, huh? <laughs> so, this finding the sweet spot of healthy biomechanics is hugely, hugely powerful. And like I said, there's a lot of nuance to it. You know, there's protocols, there's timings so that you can do it in a efficient way. Sometimes horses make big changes quickly. Sometimes it takes a while and there's a little progressive, a progression that needs to happen and kind of need to know like what size step is big enough (laughs) without pushing too much. But this idea that precision arrives out of the possibility that playfulness creates is huge. And this is what will help you take these often elusive, yummy moments, these magical moments. They're like, oh my gosh, my horse feels amazing. And I'm just sitting here. Like there's a protocol to find this. And when you can find this dynamic and use your aids to help the horse find it, where the horse goes, oh my gosh, thank you so much for reminding me about my shoulder, (laughs) right? You know, this is what's gonna um it's not only a prerequisite to collection, but it's gonna be what helps keep the collection from turning into just contraction and tension. And it's what can actually not only help maintain your relationship as you quote unquote do dressage, but it can actually build your relationship as you start to gymnastically develop your horse. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are going to be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls And anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before. So it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now, the video classroom I think is always the best deal. And for May, June and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. So some good homework for you right now for this section is to, uh, to notice, to assess like how well can you talk to your horse about relaxation, about energy and about balance and think about those conversations like the primary colors, right? If you have yellow and blue and red, you can make every color. (laughs) If you have relaxation, energy and balance, you can create a different movement dynamic with your horse. So just take your time to assess How well can you talk to your horse about relaxing anytime, anywhere? What's the range of levels of energy that you can have? Can you ask your horse to put in lower energy? Can you ask your horse to put in more energy? And how about balance? What are all the different ways you could shift your horse's balance and how well does he understand them in isolation? Can he take a step to the left with his shoulders? How about a step to the right with his shoulders? How much time goes by between when you make this request and when it happens? So, a request to shift balance should happen within the time it takes for that one leg to take its, its flight in the air, right? You can only affect a horse's leg when it lifts up when it's in the air. So when your horse's right front foot leaves the ground, can you shift it and have it land a little more to the right or left in that time? If you, if you make a request for more energy from your horse, how much time goes by between when you make the request and when it happens? Sometimes it's a breath, sometimes it's two weeks. (laughs) So without judgment, just assess, kind of take stock. Because if you think of this little Venn diagram, with these three bubbles of conversations and the sweet spot is in the overlapping piece that just right combination for you and your horse on that day. And you realize, you know, Oh, I've got a tiny little energy conversation and maybe it doesn't even overlap. Like, Oh, that's easy. Now I just need to build the range of energy that I have. And so this is for you to discover. So just being aware is going to make a huge difference. And then uh, developing it. You might go out and put a focus on, I'm just going to get really good at yields. One, two, three, move your haunches. Thank you. <laughs> right. Or anytime, anywhere, can you just, phew, came over and totally chill out and relax and drop the reins, have your horse stand there and rest. Check your gas pedal. And you might separate those, have a day of focusing on just one or just the other one until you have them all. I was going to say at your fingertips, but it's not really. Do you have them at your butt cheeks? (laughs) Do you have those conversations clear between you and your horse? So I hope that that helps. And uh, yeah, it's a lot to think about. But between these last two uh, podcasts, there's a lot, a lot of information, a lot of exercises and homework that you can do. So let me know how it goes. If this episode resonates with you, Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.